Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook. My name is Josh Friesen and I'm one of the volunteer hosts here at Faithbrook. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we are so thankful and excited that you've taken some time out of your weekend to join us today to worship. At Faithbrook, we want everybody to be known. So if you're newer here, in the seat in front of you, there is a blue connection card. Please consider filling it out and dropping it in the giving boxes on the way out today. Or you can fill out a digital version at our website, faithbrook.church connect. We would love to reach out to you and thank you for joining us for worship today. At Faithbrook, our mission is to lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. And last weekend, we did just that. We had a powerful Easter service and a record attendance day here at church. But more importantly, we had four people indicate that they had accepted the love and salvation of Jesus. And many more people took steps forward in their own personal faith journey. This is what we are all about here at Faithbrook, and we are so excited. And none of this could be done without you. Because many of you give financially to Faithbrook, we are able to continue to lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. So we just want to say thank you for giving a portion of what you've been given to help us accomplish that mission. If you haven't started giving to Faithbrook yet, there are a few ways to do so. One, you can use the giving boxes. Two, you can use our church website. Or three, the best way is through the church center app. In the app, you log in, select Faithbrook as your church, and you can set up one-time or reoccurring donations. Your gifts do make a huge difference within our ministry. Well, in just a second, we're going to welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we kick off our series, Marriage with Benefits. Well, I'm excited about our new series, uh, Marriage with Benefits. But have you ever noticed that marriage gets a bad rap? I mean, a lot of people are avoiding it, and some people think it's just a big drag, right? And even can even be a little dangerous. For instance, here are a couple of memes about marriage. Hey, are you involved in any dangerous sports, the doctor asked? Well, sometimes I di- when I disagree with my wife, now, that's pretty um, violent there. When someone is murdered, the police investigate the spouse first. And that tells you everything you need to know about marriage. Now, there might be some people watching or here today. They're thinking about getting married. These are not very encouraging, are they? Uh, here, here's one. Next one. If you were my husband, I'd poison your coffee. If you were my wife, I'd drink it. You ever felt like that before? That's boo. Hey, now, it gets a lot better. And we're going to learn about that more in the next couple of weeks. Well, if marriage is so horrible, then why do so many people embark on it, right? Well, many of you would say, oh, well, people fall in love. There's the romance and the courtship, right? And let's do life together. And so let's get married. And there's this fabulous wedding and everyone smile and the bride and the groom. They're just so in love with each other. And then we notice later after the honeymoon and months later, they realize, hey, this is not that easy, right? We, we got some different personalities here. We got some time demands. We got kids showing up. And before you know it, things just kind of drift apart. I appreciate what the author Philip Yancey said. I had walked into marriage expecting a finished house. Instead, I found that much building needed to be done. We were only given a shell. Yes. 
and we find that is true. We think we might know how to do a marriage pretty good, but then it gets complicated, and we got a lot of building and growing to do and to learn about. Well, I'm here to tell you that God wants the best for your marriage. See, from the very beginning, we find that God instituted marriage. He invented marriage. It goes all the way back to the very beginning in the creation account where he formed Adam the man. And he said, man, uh, this is not good for you to be alone. Uh, I want to give you a partner. I want to give you a woman. And the woman and the man are going to come together. And you're going to have this, have this beautiful relationship. You're going to become one flesh. And you're going to glorify me by using your distinct traits and maybe personalities and working together. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply, have a lot of kids. I want you to work the land. I, I want you to enjoy each other. It's a beautiful thing. And we notice that throughout the ages, it was this family unit, this man and this woman who came together in holy matrimony that built societies and that were the backbone of a family, this healthy marriage. We see Jesus endorsing this in the New Testament when he is confronted about the value of a marriage and the issue of maybe divorce. And Jesus said, what God has brought together, let nothing separate the Apostle Paul also endorsed this institute of marriage. He knew that it wasn't always easy, and, and so he counseled um, men and women in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Hey, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church, giving himself for it. That's the type of love that Christ is asking us husbands to give our wives. And wives, submit and respect your husbands, for it is pleasing to God this picture of two different individuals coming together, learning how to grow and do life in a good and healthy and healing way. However, we know that the, the evil one doesn't want marriages to be successful. Uh, the Bible tells us that he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And there has been a lot of marriages who have not lasted. Some of you watching or some of you here today have maybe been through some difficult times and your marriage was broken apart and did not last. And it's, and it's, and it's hurtful and, and there's grief and uh, something died that used to start it off so beautifully. Well, God knows it's not easy. In fact, marriage is not easy. And that's why right here at Faithbrook, we have a heart to just lean into families and marriages because we know that the marriage is the backbone of the family and the, the family is the foundation of a functional society. And if we don't speak in life-giving Bible principles to marriages and families, then it usually breaks down and bleeds over into our society and there is uh, brokenness and sin and problems throughout our society. Usually it harkens back to that nucleus of the family, a man and a woman coming together, learning to love and to do life in a functional, healthy, uh, great way. You know, marriage is a, if marriage is a wonderful institution, then who wants to live in an institution, right? Is there something better? Can we do it uh, more uh, healthy and profitable? They tell us that between 40 to 50% of marriages will not survive in their lifespan. Uh, we find this to be true. We've, the experts tell us that about the seven-year mark of a marriage gets very vulnerable. Uh, young people are kind of just tired of each other. There's the kids and their stress and the demands. They're not investing, and, and there's some vulnerability that show up. 
The researchers also show that a lot of times it happens when the kids grow and they leave the house. Finally, these, these two parents, these two people it's like, hey, it's, it's not fun anymore. Let's separate. Let's get divorced. But can I tell you that researchers also have found that the chances of a marriage breaking apart goes down 25 to 50 percent if they make church attendance a regular uh, habit in their life. It, it, that chance of divorce goes down 20 to 50 percent in people's lives because life is tough. There's a lot of things coming after marriages and individuals. And before you know it, there's hurts, there's difficulties, there's low energy, and the marriage is vulnerable and can break apart. But does God have a better way? Can we do life that brings benefits, that there's some joy, there's some um, health and vibrancy in our marriages and even marriages with some benefits? Well, that's our hope in the next three weeks. That's my personal hope because I know that the marriages is not always easy. Sure, you can run into a couple of couples throughout my life. I've, I maybe have run into maybe 10, 15% of marriages that are just awesome, right? They're just like in marital bliss that they haven't had a fight for like 10 years, right? And just they're ooey gooey and everything's going right. I'm just like, wow, lucky for you. But for the rest of us, we know that we're going to have to work on our marriages. We're going to have to invest in our marriages if we're going to have some benefits, if we're going to have some vibrancy and some health. So in the next three Sundays, we're going to be look at three types of benefits, and they all connect to each other. The first one is going to be trust. The second one is going to be friendship. And the third one is going to be intimacy. And they all kind of uh, layer on top of each other. Now this morning... We're going to talk about the benefit of trust, to build a foundation of trust in your marriage. I would submit to you that trust is valuable in our lives. How many of you came in and appreciated the trust that you could sit on one of our chairs and it wouldn't fall apart? You trusted those legs, hey, it's going to work, right? Uh, how many of you trusted your car that it would start, that the tires would grip the wet roads this morning, and you felt safe? Was that not a benefit to you? How many of you trust that there's going to be a paycheck that comes through uh, the mail or the digital um, apparatus that you're like, yes, I trust that? Does not life get better when we have trust, when we have confidence uh, in things in life, but also confidence in our marriage. And I want to submit to you that if we can to develop the, the foundation of trust in our marriage, that a lot of things are going to go better in our life. We're going to sleep better. We're going to laugh more. We're going to have more dependability and inspiration and even intimacy in our marriage if we can develop this foundation of trust. And trust and honesty, it's just not for married couples. Trust is also valuable for singles. Uh, through all relationships, people in your work, people in your relatives, uh, do we have that trust? Can we count on each other? Or do I always have to be worried that you're going to hurt me or say something behind my back or betray me? I, I appreciate what <clears throat> Shante Felthon said about this, this component of trust. The common denominator of whether you thrive in your life and your relationships is how you treat others. 
The common denominator is how we are treating each other. Do we trust each other? And we find that life is better, marriage is better when there is trust. So we want to start today with realizing that trust is the foundational benefit of marriage. A foundational benefit of marriage. God knew this, how we treat each other. Are we honest? Can we count on each other? Uh, Back in Proverbs 12, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Do you have that in your relationships? Do you have that in your marriage that I can trust this person? Jesus said, do to others as you would have them do to you. If there's lying and there's cheating and there's misunderstandings and then not this atmosphere that we can talk to each other civilly and lovingly, then then we're not treating each other as we would want to be treated. And I'd also suggest there's a lot of things that can break trust in relationship. Whether you're married or are not married, isn't it true that all it takes is someone finding out someone betrayed us? You find out that maybe your spouse might be cheating or, or they're flirting someplace. Or, or you find that your, your spouse is uh, playing around with pornography or they're, they're gambling and spending money that you had no idea and they just have broken your trust. Sometimes we, we struggle with trust when there's unmet expectations. Man, I thought when we got married that you'd want to spend a lot more time with me. Evidently, it's not. I thought we were married that you were going to kind of do these chores, but man, that didn't come through. And all of a sudden, that trust starts evaporating a little bit. Uh, the experts tell us that a lot of times there's concussions, there's disagreements, there's even breakdown uh, in fights over these four subjects. You might have found these four subjects you fight a lot about. One is money. The second one is sex. The, the other one is family uh, relatives. There's a lot of tension and friction there. And then the fourth one is parenting. What to do with the kids, the different philosophies. And, and the next thing you know, there's conflict and there's friction because we're not um, working together. We're breaking trust. Sometimes it, it's small things like annoyances, right? Does your spouse ever annoy you in different ways, right? I, uh, Rita Rudner said, I love being married It's so great to find that one special person you want to annoy for the rest of your life, right? (laughs) Some annoyances can break down that trust. And next thing you know, these annoyances, these differences, these concussions can bring wounds. And there's these unresolved irritations, unresolved frictions and differences that are beneath the surface in our relationships that, that bring resentment, that bring bitterness, and drifting in our life. Some of them are deeper cuts, and we're not sure what to do with these irritations. We just kind of just coexist. We're just trying to survive life. We're just trying to stay married for the sake of our our family or our kids, right? And this morning, we want to learn how to to deal with some of these um, fractions and these divisions in our life. I was uh, encouraged or learned something from a book by Dr. Randall Schroeder, who said, Habits for Marital Happiness That Bring Satisfaction. That was the the book we were reading, Habits for Marital Happiness. And he says that hurts uh, can be um, categorized in three categories. Uh, Three of them are scratches, cuts, and lacerations. It's like, oh, that's pretty interesting. 
Right, so we have some differences, we have some fights, we have some hurts and wounds, and, and sometimes they are, they are light scratches, right? Uh, the scratches, we're not going to bleed out or you know, run to the hospital, right? But they kind of hurt. All it takes is some sarcastic comment. All it takes is some rude uh, tone in, in our voice, right? Sometimes it's people not paying attention. Sometimes it is some of the annoyances. Man, I've asked you four times or 40 times to replace the toilet paper, and you don't. That gets a little annoying. Uh, I've asked you to, to maybe uh, take the kids, and you never want to, right? It gets a little, a little annoying. Now, at my house, we, we, we've always had this little friction because someone in my house has a high value of resetting the microwave timer, right? You use the microwave, you do your deal, and you need to reset it. What's the big deal, all right? But someone needs to have it reset, now, that can be an annoyance. If we don't uh, solve that and improve that, next thing you know, those scratches, right, get a little bit deeper, get a little bit uh, bloodier. And then there's the cuts. The cuts go deeper. They cross some lines sometimes. In the heat of the moment, we might use some words that are inappropriate, uh, hurt. Maybe we completely forgot our spouse's birthday, Maybe we laughed at their mistake and made fun of them. And if there's some cuts, then there has to be addressed. There has to be some stitches. There has to be some bandages because these are deep. These hurt. The third category would be these lacerations. Now, this is serious um, experiences here. If you have a laceration of your body, then you're, you're going to the hospital. You're going to need a professional. You're going to need a doctor to address that broken arm or that vein that was cut open. And there, these professionals can have to, And sometimes in marriages, we need a third party. We need someone besides ourselves to help figure it out. And there we have professional counselors. There's, there's books. There's experts that help, help stop the bleeding. I've been hurt. We need some help here in our marriage. Now, we see these hurts and lacerations. They don't just... Uh, stay in marriages. They can be in any relationship, in our, in our family life, our kids, with our, our co- colleagues. There can be some scratches. There can be some cuts. There can even be some unresolved lacerations. But if they don't get resolved, if we don't know how to handle them and get that trust back in that relationship, whether you're single or you're, you're married, uh, then it's not going to go well. I, I've noticed that a lot of times it's easy to just kind of overlook scratches, just kind of, well, I'll live with that cut. I'll just put a bandage on it. Sometimes we just stuff it and try to uh, uh, not think about it, right? And before you know it, you're jaded. You're, 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 that the intimacy is not there. That friendship is not there. You notice that you're a little bit uh, more agitated with your spouse. There's, there's bitterness that settles in. Guys, you, you might be wondering, what, what's up with your, your wife? She seems to be more distant. She doesn't seem to be attracted to you. And, and is there some unresolved hurts and wounds that, that you have maybe caused in your relationship? Gals, have you noticed your, your men are more irritable? They, they kind of lose their anger quicker. Is there something that they're carrying? Is there something that they've been hurt? They don't know how to bring up. And if we do bring it up, and it's just a bigger hurt, and it's just a bigger fight, and, and so we just try to put a smile on our face and, and get along, but our, our marriage is not thriving. Our marriage is not doing well in our life. Well, can I offer you this? To build the benefit of trust, you have to address the wounds. To build the benefit of trust, you have to address the wounds. And this is the hardest part 
of these three benefits that we're going. Because we're, we don't know exactly how to dress the wounds. Or we have tried and we have lost out. But God's heart for us is to persevere. God's heart for us is to invest and develop and improve in our marriage. Because life is too short. And if we've made a lifelong commitment to this person, then let's learn how to grow that, that relationship, that friendship, that intimacy. That we have confidence. We have some laughter. We have uh, some communication and trust in our relationship. That we can share our wounds, our offenses that have come our way. But most of the time, we struggle with these wounds. And we don't address the hurts in our marital life. I was reminded of this. I was listening to Toby Max and Playlist, and all of a sudden a song came on that he sings called Start Somewhere. If you listen to the words of Toby Max's song, you'll notice that it had to do with his relationship with his wife. And starts off like this. Last night, everything was moving so fast. I could barely keep track, oh, of my offenses or your defenses. In hindsight, I would have, could have, and I should have not gone there. But I left without a word to spare. Was it your offenses or my defensiveness? And then the course goes this way. Well, I'm right here. You're right there. And God knows we got to start somewhere. Because I'm messed up and you're broken. And the shots we fired are still smoking. Evidently, there's been some words. There's been some hurt. But Toby's like, we got to start somewhere. Let's invest. Let's, let's, let's find a path. And, and so to, to today, we're going to start learning a little bit about this path. And I want to encourage you to, to start on a path to build trust in your marriage, to rebuild friendship, and eventually have some intimacy going on. And it's not always just sexual intimacy, uh, but, a, but a, um, a relationship intimacy that glorifies God. And there is a healing and there is a vibrancy that comes back into your marital uh, relationship. I appreciate what Pastor Greg Crochel says. He says, your blessing is on the other side of your pain. Your blessing is on the other side of your pain. Because if we're going to invest in the wounds, if we're going to address the wounds, and a lot of times there's going to be some pain. You might hear something. You might have to go to a counselor. You might have to read a book. You might have to confess something. And it's going to be painful. But the blessing, the health, the vibrancy, the benefits are on the other side of the pain, the dressing the wounds. So let me offer a path uh, to address these wounds. The first place on this path I, I would encourage you to go is find a place to share the wound, to deal with your marriage relationship, to make a commitment, say, man, we got to find a place to talk. Uh, you, you might say to your spouse, you know, uh, would you mind if we made some time Thursday night after we put the kids to bed? Um, let's, let's just sit down, turn off our, our um, phones, right? And we, I need to talk. Would you be willing to talk? And next week we're going to talk about it's just not a one-time deal, but it's a rhythm that we talk often and we teach ourselves and learn ourselves to, to talk often. And next thing you know, you can bring up these wounds. It's not that, that um, complex are awkward because you're getting into rhythm because you've built trust. You've kind of broken through the pain, the blessings on the other side of the pain. So you got to find a place to share. It might be, you know, I, I need to share uh, that, man, every time you get out there and you just spend uh, money that a lot of times I don't think we have 
that hurts me. I feel like I'm not valuable or, or we're not on the same team. And I just need you to sh- know that. Sometimes it might be say, you know, every time there's a problem with the kids, I'm the bad guy. I'm always the default person to address the kids. I feel like I'm the bad person. You're sitting over there on the couch, not engaging. And that frustrates me. And you wonder why we're not connecting. You wonder why we're not having intimacy and friendships. It's because uh, these wounds, these hurts are scratches that are in our life. And so we have to find that place to share it, to put it on the calendar, to have the courage to say, I'd like to talk to you. You, th- you think, find me a place on your time where we could have some privacy and, and talk. Second thing is, is that you have to find a place to pray. A place to pray, because we have to pray, because what I've figured out is that when, when someone shares an, a wound, a hurt, a gripe, if you will, we're either going to receive it or we're going to defend it. We're going to receive it or we're going to defend it. Because a lot of times, as soon as our spouse accuses us of something, you know, you, you, you didn't reset the microwave or something, or you don't care about my feelings, immediately we're going to defend that. Oh, right, well, you know, you didn't do this. And, and there's a lot of pride, and there's a lot of defensiveness, right? And we never get anywhere because we haven't taken time to find that place of prayer. Because in that time of prayer, my friends, especially reading God's word, God's going to speak to our heart. And God's not about pride. God's not about getting our way. God's about serving and forgiving and loving and and being kind. We see the Apostle Paul teaching this and preaching this to his people in Ephesus. It's not always just for marital people, but all the church. And he says these words in chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Could it be that, man, we are brawling too much? Could it be that there's some malice in our tone or the words that we choose that has hurt our spouse? But be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Do we have a a benefit of kindness, of trust, that, that we know that we're in this thing together? Are we working together? And what I've found is when I pray, and I might be upset about someone at, uh, in community or my spouse or something, like when I start praying, all of a sudden, man, God starts working on me. Instead of defending myself and how wrong that person is and how right I am, God starts, Jim, maybe you got to own some of this. And maybe you need to receive some of this. And before I know it, it's like there's probably some truth there. There's, there's probably something for me that I need to realize and wake up to. And it's in this place of prayer that God can help us to humble ourselves and start listening and start receiving instead of always fighting and start defending and battling back. And when we start praying and learning and listening to God, we can come to the place of forgiveness. A place of forgiveness that we have this benefit that, that if we wound our spouse, uh, they, they, have the, they have the luxury, if you will, the benefit to come to us and say, hey, I, I just want you to know last week when you didn't do this or you said that, I just want you to know that that wounded me. I, I don't need to be harsh on you, but man, I, I feel like I'm not very valuable in your life and that hurt me. And if we have been a place of prayer, if we've been a place of, of just trying to find this compassion and forgiveness, then we can start owning it. And before you know it, there is some forgiveness. This is the prize that your spouse 
would, would have the confidence to say, you know, if I share something, they're not going to blow up. If I share some hurt, that's not going to be take, go to your corners and we're going to fight and who's right and you need to apologize to me and stuff, that we have this benefit of trust, that they're going to receive it and not always try to defend it, right? Uh, continue, Paul continues, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Now, couples and even Christians, if you will, do you have that in your marriage? Are you patient? Are you bearing with one another? This is what this trust looks like. This benefit of trust is having an attitude that we're going to make the effort to live in unity of the Spirit. We're going to make the effort to build a platform, a foundation of peace and trust that if we need to speak some offenses, we need to speak about some hurts and wounds that it's not going to be a, an all-out, you're wrong, I'm right, how dare you. And my friends, this is going to take some help with God. Because human nature wants to defend themselves. Human nature wants to be right. And it takes God to help us to humble ourselves. Someone said that, that a lot of times walls are built up in marriages. And walls don't come up in marriages just overnight. It's usually just one incident after another incident. It's like a, a brick by brick by brick. And there's this wall and we're like, man, I can't hardly see you. We're not connecting at all. I'm not happy. Are you happy? Maybe we ought to just fold and, and be done with it. And with a foundation of trust, we can approach and brick by brick, it can come down. It's not going to happen overnight. Just because you have one thing of forgiveness, okay, doesn't mean it's all done and but we have an attitude of trust to say, we're going to work on this. We're going to not just meet one time. We're not going to just meet two times. We're going to meet every week, every month. We're going to do a counselor. And God's going to help us brick by brick to bring down this wall so we have this atmosphere. We have this value of trusting one another to take ownership. Now, if you can get there with God's help, if you can get there, say, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to listen. Here it comes, right? What I do wrong, if you can say instead of always defending and own it, then you come to a place where you can respond. And, and here's a script, here's some words that we want to offer you to take home to, to use when you need to. Uh, this is where we'd like to go. Uh, one of the, the words you could say is, I'm sorry I hurt you by, okay? I'm sorry I hurt you. This has happened in my life before where I've had to come back to Terry and say, you know, I prayed about it. I found a place of prayer. I so wanted to defend myself. I did defend myself, but after humbling myself, you're probably right. I'm sorry. And to repeat and to own what you need to own. You know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you feel like uh, you're always a bad guy with the kids. You're, you know, the truth of the matter is I don't engage. I've let you to carry that heavy weight and I don't engage, I understand. And they hear that, that you own it, all of a sudden trust starts being built up. There's almost a relief. And you can say, will you please forgive me? There might be stuff in your marriage, in your relationships that are so deep and hardened that it's just not gonna be automatic, right? And this is the word please. Would you please forgive me? Now, what's, what's, what's um, interesting is Dr. Schroeder also said, he said, um, when it comes to hurts and wounds, some people are like Teflon and some people are like sponges. Teflon and sponges. Man, this woke me up. 
Because a lot of times, guys are more on the side of Teflon. You know, there's some words said, and how dare you, and that hurt me. But, you know, there's some words exchanged, and we might just duke it out, right? And next thing you know, two days later, it's like, man, hey, what's up? We got over. We're like Teflon. You know, life is short. Let's move on. Hey, what's your problem, right? And a lot of times, we put that on our spouse. But our spouse is like sponges. And sponges absorb hurt. And sponges don't just have hurts bounce off of them so easily or just release and take some time for some people to process hurt and wounds to get healed and release. So if you can say, will you please forgive me? You're also saying, I'm going to give you time. Maybe there was a laceration. Maybe there was a big time trust issue, right? And you have to give them grace and love to let that sponge let out their hurt and their wound. This takes prayer. Now, if, if your spouse came to you and said, I'm sorry, you know, I, when I have done these things, I've hurt you, and I'm sorry, you name it, would you please forgive me? Then it's on you. You have to go to prayer. And it's hard sometimes to let go and to forgive as God wants us to forgive. And so here's how you can respond back. I, either you can say, well, I forgive you. I prayed about it. I forgive you. Or if it's deeper and harder, you can say, with God's help, I will work at forgiving you. So this is, this is where it gets really dicey right here. You've got to be patient. You've got to trust God. Because you've done your work, and you're just like, man, I'm sorry for doing this and this. And, if, and that person just can't immediately say, well, that's okay. Teflon, let's get over it. It's all good. Lovey, lovey. You're right. If they say, well, it's not that easy, they can say, or you can say, with God's help, I will work at forgiving you. I still need to pray. I still need to release it, right? Here's the good thing. is that God can help us to forgive people, no matter how deep it is. He can help us release the wound and the hurts. God can do miracles. A lot of times when we pray for miracles, we're praying for God. Let's say a miracle uh, physically, right? Somebody needs to be healed. God, I need a, a miracle financially, right? But God does a lot of miracles in our hearts, that maybe we were a person and we thought we would never forgive this person, but God can do a miracle that can help us. Does it not say in his word that nothing is impossible with God? Does it not say in his word that he will be able to make all grace abound to us? Does it not say that his grace will be sufficient for us? First Peter says, his divine power has given us everything needed for a godly life. His divine power can give us everything needed to, to forgive someone, to, to continue to love them and invest in them through the Holy Spirit. Now, friends, here's what's really cool about this series. Some people say, oh, this is just a relationship series. But when you can get to the point of forgiveness, it's a major, major spiritual maturity step for you to release, to you to say, God, help me to love my spouse, even though I feel so hurt, I'm so agitated, and I got a laundry list of things they have done to me, for you to say, with God's help, let me see them differently. Help me, help me not to always default to this, always their fault, and they're a jerk, and they're always going to hurt me. To be healed my heart is a major spiritual step of maturity. And what we find in the Word and what we find in our relationships is that forgiveness can be a gift Forgiveness is really a gift. If you think about it, that's what God did to us. Who were we? We were the one offending God over and over, but God so loved us. He said, I'm willing to give you the gift of mercy. 
I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to go to the cross for your sins. This is a gift to you. And so when we offer that gift to our spouse in healing and forgiveness, it builds that foundation of trust. Now, friends, realize that that it doesn't mean there's not going to be scars in memories. Yes, there is. There is scars in memory. It doesn't mean that your spouse, as soon as they say, you know, please forgive me. I did this and this. I own it. Okay, it doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect next week. And, and that same habit might, might crop up again. But if you are too, if you, both of you are willing to build that foundational benefit of trust, healing and forgiveness can happen. It's a beautiful thing. And let me encourage you not to give up. A husband and wife may disagree on many things, but they must absolutely agree on this. Never give up. And so a lot of times there's a series and there's a preacher and there's a book and we're going to try it for two weeks and that didn't happen and it didn't work right and and it was painful and we give up. Don't give up. Invest in your marriage. And next week we're going to talk about a rhythm to help you create this these. Uh, opportunities to build trust, opportunities to build friendship, even how you can address some of the things that hurt you or bugging you, that it's not a constant hurt and wounding with each other. Because God wants you to have a marriage with benefits. A couple of marriage counselors, David and Vera Mace, have found this out in their practice. If people put this into play, They said that when an atmosphere of trust could be created in which couples could speak freely, okay, I'm going to speak freely, I I feel hurt. You you cut me the other day and and damaged me the other day. When they they build this this atmosphere of trust is created and speak freely with each other, some remarkable consequences follow, they discovered. I would say benefits follow. Most couples started clearing up misunderstandings Expressing feelings they had formerly suppressed. Getting into honest communications. This is where God wants us to go. With each other. The result was that the marriage that had been dull and superficial came to life and started to grow. This is the heart of God. That we come to the point where we learn to talk each other. We can be honest with each other because we trust each other. We're not going to just fly off the handle and try to defend everything But our spouse has the luxury, the environment to say, yes, please tell me if something's bugging you, something has hurt you, that I've offended you. And before you know it, this healing and this friendship and this intimacy and this confidence comes together in your life. Before you know it, that you're enjoying each other more. There's more laughter. uh, There's more patience. uh, There's more vibrancy in your marriage. But the first place, the first foundation that has to be built is Trust. Trust is the foundational benefit of marriage. So let me give you a couple things for your homework this week. I want you to start thinking about a time where you and your spouse could meet. If you can do it on a regular basis, for Terry and I, we try to meet on a specific time every week. It's our time. I'll talk about that more next week. It's been a major game changer for us when we found our time. So ask your spouse, hey, can you look at your your calendar, could we talk this week? Or maybe could we talk every week? Uh, second thing, I want you to, to pray about your heart. Because, because if you're going to go into this painful situation where you're going to allow your spouse to share some things that maybe you've hurt, you've got to be prepared to humble yourself 
and to receive it instead of always defending it and be willing to own it and confess it. I'm sorry I hurt you by these things. Would you please forgive me? And uh, on your way out, we give you a little reminder card of these, this script, right? Uh, uh, with God's help, I will work at f- forgiving you. You can put that in your Bible. You can put that somewhere uh, so it can help you just have the right words to say when you address the wounds. Well, let's stand and I'll, and I'll pray us out. <clears throat> Gracious God, we're so thankful that you are patient with us. We have a relationship with you, and so many times, God, we, we have not lived up to where we need to be. And instead of you just um, forget, giving up on us and, and just condemning us, God, you, you have a tremendous amount of grace towards us, and you're willing to, to walk with us. In the same way, God, can we give that to our spouse? Can we uh, come to a point that we're going to get on this path Uh, to find a place to share some of the wounds. We're going to find on this path a a place to pray, to humble ourselves, to be open, uh, to build this this foundational benefit of of truth. And that we offer the gift of forgiveness, uh, that there would be some trust that we can depend on each other in our marriages. Bless uh, these marriages and these families, these people. If we go out into this world, may we be ambassadors of good and love and and Christ-likeness. We need you, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen.